I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my parents' house, in my childhood bedroom, recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. And you are recording far, far away from me, because guess what? I'm back in New York City. You are home alone, too. Back in New York. (laughs) That is absolutely me. I am friends with all the pigeons because I can't see anyone human. Yeah. <laughs> I we're, we're all seconds away from becoming the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2 at any given time this Christmas. That movie was, it's true. was a predictor. It was a prophecy. Even though that woman, we're meant to sympathize with her. We're meant to see her mm-hmm. as this nice old lady who befriends Kevin and helps him vandalize a toy store in, in the hopes of catching two uh, crazed crazed thieves but what does she go around doing has a bunch of new york pigeons next to her face what is wrong with that lady she was keeping those pigeons way too close to her face for someone that i would be friends with yeah it's definitely too close for comfort for sure you could be the nicest person in the world and if i say you put a nasty ass new york pigeon next to your face Get the fuck away from me. I'm going to go ahead and say like most animals. And that's coming from someone who loves my dog. But I try not to have like people who have dogs. We've talked about this before. People who like let their dogs completely lick their face. Like it's not for me. Not my cup of tea. Yeah. Part of for me, the experience of going to therapy in New York was that my therapist's office right outside of her office was uh, this man who would sit on the sidewalk and be covered in pigeons. That is a real thing. That was not made. Up. If you've never been to New York, that was not a made up fiction in that movie. That really <laughs> happens. And this man is absolutely covered in like bird food and he sits there with pigeons all over him. And there was something about like seeing that and then going directly into therapy that was part of the experience for me. And now yeah. I don't get that. Well, I also think that your therapist probably pays that person to be there because then once you step back outside and you see that person, you think I need to go back into therapy. Yeah, she it's just a it's a racket. It's all a racket, just like 2020, which is what we're here to talk about. How do you like that transition? Oh, love it. Burning up fire flames, because guess what? This is our last episode. It's the last episode ever. No, just no. of 2020. We assuming... just started doing videos. We're going to launch merch and now you want to stop doing this podcast? We're doing we've come so, so much. Far. Well, we've come so far and now it's the end of 2020. So this is our last episode of the year, but we'll be coming back in 2021 strong. I'm ending 2020 strong. Yesterday, I made a chicken pot pie and absolutely sliced my thumb right open. Had to go to Walgreens uh, and get a uh, first aid kit. Wow. Your parents didn't yeah. just have one? <laughs> well, I opened up their cabinet and there were Band-Aids in there from like 1970. So <laughs> every like I don't understand. Every parent's house that I go to, just going through their cabinets, that shit expired decades ago. 
How do you, yeah. how are you not using it? And yet how are, I feel like they're always buying more pharmaceuticals and yet never using what is already there. Yeah. My mom, oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> my mom has this lotion that she, she was like, yeah, I keep getting bought this. Someone keeps buying it for her, but she doesn't use it. And, and she's like, I don't want to throw it away because I feel bad, but I, I'll never use it. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. It's doing you the same good in the garbage can that it's doing on the shelf. You're not using it. What does it matter where it is? Anyway, no, I sliced my thumb open and it was gushing and I could like see inside uh i could see the person operating me in inside of me beautiful image and i take it that you continued to cook with your blood just flavoring that chicken pot pie <laughs> yeah to be exact i cut my finger open while i was washing in between cooking okay. i was washing the blade of my food processor and I like gripped it. But I don't know. Uh, I like turned my hand the wrong way and gripped it. And so it's like on the inside of my thumb in the worst possible spot. And I hate I can't even talk about it anymore because I'll pass I don't, out. Honestly, no one wants you to. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, we're going to be talking about not just how I'm ending 2020 in the shittiest way possible, but how shitty this entire year was, Woo! because today is our fourth annual Grumpy Awards. Woo! For those who somehow forgot about the most important award show of the year, the Grumpy Awards is the episode where we hand out some sought-after grumpies to the worst places, peoples, and events of the year. So that's coming up on today's episode. Obviously, first, we got Worst Things First, where I yell about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. We'll get to our Grumpy Awards. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. And I mean, like, there wasn't that much to complain about in 2020. So I feel like it'll be a real quick episode. Just kidding. We'll be here for at least 10 hours. There is so much to complain about. And finally, we've got the hilarious, the gorgeous, the amazing Ms. Cracker on the pod. Ms. Cracker is a drag queen, a writer, a comedian, and now most famously, a guest complainer on Unhappy Hour. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week first. As if things in Florida weren't ridiculous enough. Only in Florida. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, which as far as I can tell at this point is really just a boardroom full of alligators in <laughs> wigs and trench coats. Absolutely. For sure. They are officially appointing python sniffing dogs to hunt for giant oh, snakes no, 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 no. typical florida can't take care of its own problems so it's got to bring in the adults why why do you need a dog to do something that you should be able to do also what does a snake even smell like florida <laughs> why don't you no answer me that? i just don't want to think about like what happens if they like get in a fight do they get in fights do dogs and snakes Getting fights. I just feel like you're like, how close to a snake do you have to get in order to be able to smell it? How do you alert someone that a snake is nearby without getting near a snake? I don't know, but I don't. It, this is truly like I cannot imagine. This is like training there. This is what pythons eat. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is like <laughs> there's no way the python couldn't eat the dog. 
Right. And I don't want that risk to be there. They need one of those jackets. Did you, have you seen those like coyote jackets that they put on dogs that are basically like, they look like a puffer fish. <laughs> no. It's just spikes and like crazy colors and stuff that they put around. Oh, I saw someone put it around their chihuahua and it's to like, so that a coyote or a hawk <laughs> wouldn't come down and grab it. Cause it would, it makes your dog like pokey. <laughs> That is amazing. That is, I think I may have said this before, but one time at the Prospect Park dog park, we were all like all the dogs are running around off leash. And then someone was like, oh, wow, look at these hawks. And then you just saw the people with the tiniest dogs go in and like swoop up their dogs and leave. Because <laughs> you were like, we're not fucking with this. Yeah, it's serious business. And let alone a python. You bring a python into the mix. It's over. Yeah. It's messed up. It's messed up. I would never, I don't even want to go sniffing for, for, for snakes. Do you think I want my dog doing it? Absolutely Absolutely not. not. Why don't we train animals that nobody gives a shit about? What animal would you rather see fight a python? Possums because they're evil little bitches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If yeah, every time I see a python or every time I see a possum, I'm like, what do you know about me? (laughs) Why don't you just tell me what you know? Instead of you're always looking at me with your side eye, like, you know, some secret that I haven't told anybody else, but somehow, you know, that is the energy I always get from possums Mm -hmm. and I can't deal with that anymore. So why don't you take, why don't you take your smart Alec, smart ass looking pointy nose face in your rat ass tail and go hunt for some pythons, make yourself useful instead of playing dead all the time. Good for this society possums are the deadbeat of the rodent community which is saying something seriously seeing as most of them become roadkill yeah next this story is a follow-up to last week because now there's another town in north carolina town is preparing to fire off cannons in an attempt to rid itself of a group of vultures that have taken up residence on the town's rooftops for several weeks. I love that they're just going full Civil War style. (laughs) I mean, this is, that's a Civil War approach to a Civil War problem. Who is dealing with (laughs) vultures? Why are there vultures? Because 2020 has left us all decaying. Yeah, vultures can tell that we are all dying inside they're they're like hmm this person has been very still for like 72 hours they're probably dead (laughs) they can smell the bed sores that have been accumulating on me vulture we are just on zoom so last week it was in pennsylvania this week according to the charlotte observer the town of bun get it bun like like ass like ass cheeks on my drive from Chicago to New York, I saw a street that was fang boner. <laughs> and I laughed. I can't believe some towns get to be named that. And uh, we have to live in some shitty town that's New York or I live in Alsip. What kind of a yeah, stupid name is that? <laughs> anyway, Bun, the city of Bun, North Carolina, which is near Raleigh said that they're going to start blasting cannons every day for about 10 days. Damn. An automated propane cannon uh, that they're installing on the roof of the gymnasium of Bunn High School. I feel like this is what, like, they otherwise would have arrested teens for doing. (laughs) Like, this just sounds like a teenage prank. We are in the teenage, like, angst part of the pandemic. This Mm. is... We're in the part where we say, fuck it, we're going to do donuts in our dad's speed wagon. <laughs> and then we're going to go, go get drunk behind the drive-in. Yeah. Is that what teens do? Certainly. 
so they're going to be programming the cannon to fire in the morning, in the afternoon, and then the evening where the vultures are likely to be roosting. So all times of day. <laughs> Which like same. I'm yeah. roosting morning, noon, and night. I'm always roosting. They also say time is of the essence as loud noises become less effective the longer the birds pull up in certain spots because they start growing comfortable and feel protected. That's like, yeah, this is classic hoarder mentality. <laughs> the, I Honestly, I get it because the longer I'm sitting in one place, I'm like, you could fire an absolute cannon at my face and I won't move. Get me <laughs> off this couch. I dare you. Bring in a fucking parade. Marching band. I'm not moving a muscle. But the first few seconds, I might. But the longer I'm there, you bet your ass I'm not moving. And finally, this story I wanted to include. It will be meaningless to everybody else, except for me. I'm the only one that this affected. But listeners of Unhappy Hour have heard me before reference the restaurant that I went to most in college. It was a restaurant near and dear to my heart. The 24-hour Burger King in Evanston, Illinois. And a long, a long list of restaurants have closed this year because of the COVID, as my family would say. But this one hurts the most, and that is the 24-hour Burger King in Evanston, Illinois, near Northwestern, where I went to college, no bragging, has shut permanently. And it is a sesame seed covered dagger to my heart. (laughs) Where, where will people eat at four in the morning? Tell me that. On the street? No. You are, you are full of Andre peach champagne. It is seeping from your pores. You have just gotten shit faced off of an uh, an entire jug of Carlo Rossi (laughs) wine. And you need something to sop that up or you'll die. And now you're the last thing between you and death, which is the 24 hour Burger King that had a security guard who I often antagonized (laughs) is closed. This is more painful to me than anything. I'm so sorry. You did text me absolutely distraught over this news and I I felt horrible. Yeah, sure. Sure. I know people listening are going to be like, Oh, but what about all the mom and pop shops and all of the small businesses? Who's entire daddy. So (laughs) you want to talk mom and pop? He's yeah. He's one. This is the biggest mom and pop shop. (laughs) You're like, Oh, this is a, um, a multi, uh, this is like an international conglomerate. And the, the Burger King, just because you're sexually attracted to the King doesn't mean that we should be caring about uh, you and and listen to you being like, uh, you're bending over backwards for this man just so he'll put his, his delicious deep fried dick in his, in your asshole. I get it. Okay. Let me be sad about this. I spent $60,000 a year on my education. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so fucked up. To A, do nothing with it except sit here and do this shit. And B, <laughs> to eat at a 24-hour Burger King every night for years. That is the food that raised me. Okay? So I am going to don my cardboard crown in solidarity with the king. My tears flow red and yellow and white for that mayo. I love me a Whopper. I love their fries. I'm so sad for the people of Evanston, Illinois. We lost a good one. 
we lost a good one. R.I.P. And on that note, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we got our fourth annual Grumpy Awards. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. All right. Well, 2020 is coming to an end. And what a year it's been. Yeah, 2020 has been the shittiest year of my life, perhaps. I don't know. I probably had some years in my teens that were worse than 2020. Yeah, but those were like internal, you know? Right. I would take I would take a year of living with a pandemic and being inside um over being a teenager again. That's for sure. Unfortunately, I think I have to agree, no matter how <laughs> insensitive that sounds. Anyway, so it's been a pretty shitty year. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't still give out awards um for things that have been especially shitty. I think if anything, it emboldens our award ceremony even more. It means that the shitty things that we need to award this year were so shitty that they stood out for their exceptional shittiness. So let's get started. Let's get right into this award show and start with a category I like to call worst movie that I'd still watch every single day if I absolutely had to. A true summary of the 2020 spirit. Cats, the musical, the movie starring Taylor Swift. Congratulations, Cats. Congratulations, (laughs) Taylor. Sure, Cats, the musical, the movie starring Taylor Swift technically came out in 2019, but no single piece of pop culture more thoroughly predicted the surreal nightmare that would be 2020 more than Cats, the musical, the movie starring Taylor Swift. Amen. Also, you and I saw it on New Year's Day 2020, which looking back is absolutely the reason for all the chaos. And secondly, this podcast and therefore award ceremony and therefore the entire world does revolve around our experiences. So it is, in fact, a 2020 movie. Yeah. Uh, Basically, I am the main character on Earth. So I, yeah. I'm like tertiary at best (laughs) and I'm on this podcast. Yeah. You are a supporting, a supporting actress. Oh my God. Thank you so much. In my life. I would still watch it every single day if I had to. If I were stranded on a desert island, I would bring cats. Nothing has brought me more terrifying joy than Cats the Musical, the movie starring Taylor Swift. It really harnesses every emotion I'm physically possibly capable of producing. (sighs) Yeah. Lust. Mostly mostly lust. (laughs) Mostly fearful lust. Next award. Worst activity that we just invented this year and I never want to participate in again goes to Zoom happy hours. Absolutely not. The Mm -mm. second the door closes on 2020, I want to pull out my imaginary gun and shoot Zoom happy hours in the neck. (laughs) And I'm not even, I'm anti-gun, I'm anti-violence, but I would smother Zoom happy hours with a pillow in its sleep. And that would have, that would be generous of me because frankly, it deserves a much more violent death than that. The best part of a happy hour 
is paying too much for drinks, even though they say they're on sale, at a bar with a bunch of people I only kind of know, and then leaving at 6.30 p.m., like 30 minutes after I got there, because I've only I've already somehow gotten like 50 drinks <laughs> before the sun has even started setting, and then going to a McDonald's on the way home and blurrily eating a McFeast on the sidewalk by myself. And sorry, Zoom, but that's just an experience that you can't recreate. So stop trying. Another part of the joy is being able to shit talk other people who are in the bar. And you can't do that when there's nobody around you except the people in the Zoom boxes. Yeah, I just don't like the experience of doing happy hour in the same venue that I am watching pornography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next, probably harmless person that could still end up being the Zodiac killer goes to 2020 character Carol Baskin. From Tiger Sanctuary owner to Dancing uh, loser, with the Stars competitor. Dancing with the Stars loser. <laughs> what a transformation she has made. The speed with which we were introduced to Carol Baskin and then she peaked as Dancing with the Stars contestant was whiplash fast. Absolutely. Like 2020 really said, we're not going to give you a second to think about anything. We're just going to slap you in the face with the the cycle immediately. Who do you think was like kicked off of Dancing with the Stars from the lineup that you know that they already had? And then when Tiger King came out, they were like, wait, we need this bitch. Like someone else was on that roster beforehand. Carol Baskin's husband, but then she had him killed. And <laughs> so that she there she the was. Spot. Right. Other awards. Worst moment that severely tested my homosexuality, despite me being pretty confidently on that end of the Kinsey scale. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez and Shakira at the Super Bowl. God, I can't believe that was this year. That was this year. Shakira's tongue was pretty early character in 2020. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez doing uh, her stripper dances. Oh, because that was Hustlers was like a twenty late 2019 movie, right? Right, right. So, oh, that was really a, a beautiful time in Jennifer Lopez's life and therefore all of our lives. Yeah. And if anything, I have coronavirus to thank for for not allowing Jennifer Lopez to flourish as much as she could have this year. Because I will say if she had been allowed to kind of like do uh, as much as she was doing in 2019 and early 2020 for all of this year, I might not be the the homo I am today. Mm. Next worst body part that betrayed me this year, despite how good I take care of it. My back. We try so hard. We do so much for it. I know. Runners up in this category include my neck, my pussy and my crack, but I did want to give it to my back. Because I turned 30 this year and I have done nothing for 30 years except take great care of my back. I do everything for her. I've given her the softest beds. I've given her the nicest couches to sit on. I've laid her down every day for 30 years for 18 to 20 hours a day. I, I, I lay her down gently. And what does she do to repay me for three decades of pampering? She decides to up and give up. And say, I don't, I don't even feel like being a back anymore. It's like all my body is supposed to do is hold itself up and it can't physically do that. Yeah. 
I hope my back enjoys this grumpy award because if it's not fixed by next year, I'm taking it out <laughs> and it's getting I'll I'll go get a yardstick and use that as a spine instead because that'll do more. For I me. mean, there's a whole lot of Halloween skeletons out there that you can just replace. Yeah. Remember that Home Depot skeleton? We didn't even yeah. talk about that. That giant oh skeleton. That thing was standing up in yards around the world. Yeah. Also, (laughs) did you see those femurs? I would let him drop my bones. That's for sure. (laughs) Anyway, so fuck my back in particular. Um, Next, worst jumble of nouns that was somehow still a real thing that we let happen. Kim Kardashian's private island hologram birthday celebration. (laughs) (laughs) Just one dystopian descriptor after the next. The fact that, A, she did this in the first place. The fact that, B, she felt the need to publicize it. The fact that, C, she, I, Kanye gave her, like, a holographic version of her dad. I, Saying things that he didn't say, but things that Kanye wrote for her, her dead dad to say. That's the part that really gets me is that it's not like it was a recording of something he had said. He wrote what her dad would say now, which was mostly about how genius Kanye is. I, yeah, this is ironic uh, for me to say on a podcast where my job is to just talk about shit and talk about myself. But I feel like if this year taught us anything, it is to keep fucking shit to yourself (laughs) kim kardashian i know your entire career is oversharing but like read the room you can do stuff without telling everybody about it anyway next another celebrity news worst baby that will one day be the end of us all orlando bloom and Katy perry's spawn I feel so many feelings about this because I was so obsessed with Orlando Bloom when I was younger and I care so little about Katy Perry. Not only do I care so little about her, I do think that I judge her and actively don't like her. (laughs) Um, And so the fact that they are the they are together and in love and have a baby does make me upset in a way that I wish weren't so real. That is why I feel like this baby will one day kill all of us. It's because they are two people who do not exist in the same universe. Not at all. This is like a character from Candyland having sex with someone from like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Yeah, it is just upsetting to me that there is a child of Legolas out in, in the world and that it also shares DNA with Katy Perry. I'm just saying no nuns are safe. Remember when Katy Perry killed that nun? It's your favorite <laughs> thing to talk about. <laughs> this year, my favorite things to talk about rats. <laughs> also McConnell's ice cream and oh. Barbara Streisand. Yes. What else do I constantly bring up? Your one pandemic date. My one pandemic date. And baking, obviously. And baking. Right. Let's just get it all out. These are Barry's grumpies. It's just all the (laughs) shit that she wish I didn't talk about anymore. No, McConnell's I I can continue talking about with you. Okay. The rest can go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Worst trend that I will refuse to partake in, even if there's a gun to my head. I don't care how desperate I get in 2021. I will never learn a TikTok dance. Never. (laughs) 
TikTok dancing was perhaps the worst thing to happen in 2020. Uh, and I'm including all of it. Okay. Uh, the fact that I not only it ruined so many hot people for me, <laughs> so many hot guys on Instagram that I couldn't no longer look at in the same way because I saw them doing some stupid TikTok dance. You take away the club and this is what we get. Yeah. No. The best part of dancing in a club is the fact that there aren't cameras and lights on you. It no, is dark. It's and people dark. can't see. They can just it's feel. It's neon. Things are flashing. I'm drunk. They're drunk. Like the excuses are endless. And here it's like you're you're drunk dancing in the bare sunlight. And I won't stand for it. And finally, worst piece of shit whose face I'm tired of seeing on my fucking screens is baby goddamn yoda <gasps> controversial get that bug-eyed little booger-faced monster looking pointy-eared piece of shit off of my tv and i feel like i don't even know because i've never seen uh the the, the mandalorian or whatever i feel like they like gave him a name this year groot or some shit <laughs> i'm sick of seeing this little like, is he seven years old? Is he a thousand years old? Is he actually a baby version of Yoda? Is he a different Yoda? These are all is questions. Is he single? Is he taken? Right. What, what? How big is your dick? How tight is your asshole? Top how, or bottom? What that mouth do? Are you verse? <laughs> right. All of these questions, I've gotten no answers. I could easily look all of these up. Now, Pornhub has taken off all of my baby Yoda content, so it's impossible for me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'd like to look in baby Yoda's big, bulging, teary black eyes and say, get a life, you little piece of shit. G get lost and don't go. Don't come back. The second I turn on my computer in 2021, I don't want to see your stupid fucking little face. So give up. And that's it for this week's deep dive and this year's Grumpy Awards. Next, we got Miss Cracker on the pod right after this commercial break. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully, no one will die on station tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
Hello, my guest complainer today is Miss Cracker. You know her from RuPaul's Drag Race, but also from being, uh, let's see, comedian, writer, YouTuber, podcaster, lecturer, touring performer, the definition of multifaceted. Welcome, Miss Cracker. She's multidimensional, you know? She's not just a 2D queen. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like drag queens in the world of COVID have, I mean, in general are like, we're going to pull it out. We're going to, we're going to. Right. I mean, I'm not pulling it out. I don't have an OnlyFans. <laughs> I'm, that's 2021. Yeah, 2021. The project begins. I, I think that is my, my favorite kind of progression of any individual on Twitter in 2020. The, the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of starting an OnlyFans it's, it's not a very big hurdle to jump. Yeah, I'll have to look at my bank account after ordering this coffee and see if I can uh, <laughs> afford to not have an OnlyFans. <laughs> it is true. I do have a coffee addiction, and every time it hits my account, I'm like, you know, one OnlyFans subscription would cover this. Do you have QuickBooks, or is that just because I'm Jewish? Uh, I do, but I don't really know how to use it. You got to learn. You got to learn. That way you can do a, a quick report and see exactly how much you spend on Starbucks in a month. It is, when I looked at how much I spend on Uber Uh in a month, I shat my shorts. Yeah, Uber, Starbucks, I use like the apps so I could very easily figure out what my totals are for each. Yeah. And it's too much. It's too much. T-E-W, much. But I feel like I, I, my problem is that I just work that in to my sort of budget. And so I justify it by being like, I, I know I'm spending that much. Right. Like that one friend in your group that says horrible things all the time. And they're like, hello, I'm blunt. That's who I am. I'm blunt. I'm like, just because you know it and account for it doesn't mean that it's okay. Right. It just means that you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. That, like, I just have a personality that takes getting used to. It's like, no, you're a dick. And you're like, and you know what? I just have a personality that involves spending $2,000 a month on Starbucks and Ubers. So, hello, somebody. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we like to start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Beach-themed bathrooms. Okay. <laughs> Everybody was... in the entire world is like, oh, you know, just put a little shell here. The soap is a shell. The bottom of the sink is pebbles. The, there's a picture of a, a like a beach chair on the wall. There's a picture of the ocean on the shower curtain. It's like there's sand everywhere. I'm like, what the? What on God's green earth? Just because there's water in here doesn't mean it has to be the ocean. Do you know what I mean? Is this pussy the ocean? You're reading my my mother and and and, and women like her truly. And gays of a certain age. <laughs> gays of a certain age will have women in their fifties and gays of a certain age will have a beach themed bathroom if it is the last thing they do. And it may well be the last thing that they do. <laughs> it should be. If it's not, it should be. It should be. It's one of those things that like I feel like I've experienced a lot when you go to places with a beach already it's like we have to bring the nautical kind of thing indoors also right the entire reason for the invention of the indoors was to be inside away from the outdoors what is your relationship with just bathroom decor in general i think that the bathroom should be a sacred place of monastic (laughs) sterility you know what i mean just like 
don't put anything in there. Like when I'm at somebody's house and I see their towels that they use, like, of course, those deserve to be there. But I'm like, do they have to be? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, I think there should be nothing in the bathroom except for, as my sister taught me, one tower of toilet paper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because there's nothing more terrifying than being over at someone's house and realizing that there is no more toilet paper left. And you have to like hobble over like Mr. Tumnus with your pants around your ankles and scream out the door like, where do you keep the toilet paper? <laughs> That's horrible. It's truly uh, the only the only good thing I would say about a oh, um, have I just been like shouting this entire time? I mean, I have my levels might be might have been a little too high. Whatever. We're, we're, we'll work with it. Anyway. This is a queer production. We're allowed to scream. Yeah. Yeah. I People are t- tuning into any gay or queer podcast should expect to, to have their ears hurt a little bit after they're finished. Oh, absolutely. They should. Because there's nothing that gays think is funnier than loud. They that's they conflate the, the twain. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like just at the end of the night, they're like, oh, I'm going home. They're like, I'm going home. <laughs> I don't know how, as as someone who performs comedy, I can take a certain level of volume from the audience and participation yeah. from the audience. But it does feel like drag fans in particular feel like they are a, a little bit more involved in the production of a drag show. Everybody is. Uh, and people will say like, oh, not the white girls, not the white. It is not the white girls. It is one gay who was on Broadway once (laughs) and now believes that he has a free pass to be part of any drag production ever. And I don't mean on stage on Broadway. I mean on the street Broadway. They they tip while standing in the spotlight. I'm like, this is not big enough for the two of us. And I'm only 5'5". Right. Like, you gotta, you gotta not do that. Like, he does one Betty Who Flash dance mob, mob performance in Times Square and suddenly... He's got to stand up at every show and make a scene. Yeah. And I know that that's true. And I'm comfortable saying that because that was me before I did drag. I was. <laughs> okay. So it takes one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes one to know at least one. Yeah. I did a stand up show and I remember there was a Broadway gay in the front. I'd followed him because he was hot. So I knew I knew his face. I fell in the trap. I fell for the abs. And yeah, he was a participator and he, I, I remember I did some joke about exercising and he yelled out for me to like do a burpee on stage. And I like, will never forget. Cause it just felt like a hot person cannot tell someone else to You're do like, exercises. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> what is this a burpee? Oh, oh no. I still have like no idea how to do a burpee. It involves... <laughs> Jumping, jumping, getting on like your knees, getting on your stomach. Okay, there's a lot. I don't know why I thought burpees was sit ups. I don't know. I, I wondered what you were doing when you stood up, and I was like, okay, she's she's leaving. She does. She doesn't like. She's it. leaving. All right, but it's the saddest thing in the world. Like a cis queer man will be fooled by abs and a pretty face. And I'll be like off the stage after a show, I'll be like to my friend Caitlin, I'll be like, that guy was so nice. And Caitlin will be like, he did exactly what everyone else did. He tipped you one dollar and <laughs> yeah. he had a pretty face. I was like, you're right. Oh, my God. He's just hot. Right, right. By the way, did he leave? Is he still here? What's going on? I think about that all the time, especially because 
I mean, this is a slippery slope when we make these comparisons. But when I think about like a sloppy straight male comedian thinking like, oh, this hot girl that laughed at his joke is not into him. She just laughed. Right. But then when like a hot guy laughs at my joke, I'm like, okay, so we're fucking straight men are stupid, but gay culture is different. This is in my favor. I can tell like I, I know. Yeah. And every every like queer man has confidence beyond his attractiveness as well. Mm-hmm. So it like I will always look into an audience and look at a smoking hot Metro magazine cover model <laughs> and <laughs> and be like, oh, we're on the same playing field because we're in the same room. Exactly. Exactly. W- one other thing that I don't know I uh, that I could deal with is gay sports leagues that seem to come into bars in droves. Yes. What bar are you talking well, about? I feel like my experience at Barracuda is that... I was <laughs> just about to say the exact same thing, not to cut you off, but to cut you off. There is a, not football, kickball. Yeah, they do kickball. I feel like I was spared this year because I almost joined and then COVID shut everything down. That bat, that bat knew. And that, she was like, you're not going to play kickball. That bat! <laughs> sacrificed him or herself so that we didn't have to watch you play lousy junior high sports. Yeah, I could very well have earlier this year been one of those people in some booty shorts in the middle of Barracuda. Yeah, it is like being raided by Vikings when they when they show up. They are fucking crazy. But, you know, what's what's great about it is if you have a show as a drag queen on that night, the manager has no idea what's going on all he sees is the sales so you're like yep they're here for me whenever i see a group i feel like my equivalent is like a bachelorette party whenever i see that i'm like "Uh oh some shit's about to go someone's getting dragged out of here unwillingly however there's there's a certain amount of hotness to a group of rowdy guys and maybe it's just because i like am aroused by the kind of people that used to throw beer bottles at my head in junior high but i just like when there's a group of guys, I'm always kind of like, oh my, you know what I mean? And then they split off individual and you can see that individually they are not hot, but collectively. Right. It's like Captain Planet with our powers combined. Exactly. And I mean, it was in, some, in some cases, you're taking them as a group. So, I mean, it's a worthwhile consideration. Hello, somebody. Yeah. The MTA is not the only one that knows how to run a train. <laughs> Okay, moving on. (laughs) Um, Beach-themed bathrooms. Yeah, beach-themed bathrooms. I recently moved to a shittier apartment that has two bathrooms. I, like, downgraded but also upgraded. And there is no greater joy to me than having my own personal bathroom that I could absolutely destroy and then having, like, a guest bath. And that, to me, is a luxury that I can... Like, that is where I would put the decorative soaps. That is where I would put... right. The, yeah. you know, the, the, the shower curtain that has like my face printed on it or something. Yes, your face. Like th- this exact sa- thing that I'm seeing on a shower curtain, right. like your face on a purple background, mm-hmm. just looking like the Riddler. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. While you shit, you're going to see me um, just kind of white gaping mouth, gaping eyes. Yeah. Just kind of watching everything slide out of you. That is my ideal kind of guest bathroom experience. 
It does seem like I would never decorate my own personal bathroom with any sort of tchotchkes. First of all, there's like shit particles in the air that are collecting in all of those little little seashells. That's right. That's right. And on your toothbrush. Also true. So I don't even have my toothbrush out. I have it in the closet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It can't even be exposed to the open bathroom air. That's how I feel about eating in the bathroom. I don't even like if I'm finishing a snack, I have to finish it before I set foot in the bathroom. I'm a little bit different because when, growing up, like I think for Jewish people, particularly, there's a rule against eating in the bathroom. You can't shit where you eat. And so I sometimes will eat in the bathroom because I'm rebelling against my childhood. But that's a whole <laughs> different thing. I'm willing to get sick to make my father angry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even if it's just you, who knows about oh, it? Oh, exactly. <laughs> um temperature check. How is your quarantine going? I guess I, I'm still using the word quarantine 10 months in. It's terrible. This is just crap. Like my entire life growing up has been all about making things and doing things. I never had much money, but as long as I could make the world a more beautiful place and interact with people, I was happy. And now I don't get to do any of that <laughs> I'm just alone by myself, all by myself, like Celine Dion. And um, I just, I can't take it. I am one of those people. There's two kinds of people in the pandemic. They're the people that are 30, flirty, and thriving, just living their whole lives, loving their Zoom parties with their friends, and uh, working from home, and creating great Instagram. Um, like, I cooked this today. <laughs> like, guess what look I made with just a shower curtain? Uh-huh. And then there's me. I'm like going through my year of rest and relaxation. I am trying to be as unconscious as I possibly can be. And then I will see you on the other side. I feel very similar. I, I relate. But I also think as someone who is just meeting you, who who has only seen your stuff from the outside, it feels like you've done a, a fair amount this year. I have done zilch. I sleep 14 hours a day. I go to bed at 9 Goals. <laughs> and I wake up at 8.30 uh -huh. and then I take a nap. And I just like, like I didn't have to, when I was on TV and All Stars 5, I didn't even have to be awake for that. Do you know what I mean? Like I was asleep for most of that. And then like as far as the podcast that I'm releasing, She's a Woman, goes... I that's that's once a week for two hours and I like will wake up two hours before and do the research and then do the recording and then these singles they were they were done in like uh -huh. a week if, if it looks like I'm doing stuff I am cramming those things in between naps and uh and I'm not ashamed it's like the 80-20 principle. Do 80% of your work and 20% of the time. Hello, somebody. I feel like I'm I'm the same way. My naps take up most of the day. <laughs> sure, if I only have one hour meeting for the day, it's like, yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot. But also I'm spending the entire morning kind of psyching myself up for that meeting. And then I have to like yes. come down from it afterwards. Yes. So actually, that is an entire day worth of productivity. Yes, that is a hundred percent correct because I have to think you're right about how I don't want to do it until it's time. And then I think how much I hated that after. <laughs> and then <laughs> I go to sleep and it's called Judaism. <laughs> most of my, most of my kind of pre event, pre meeting, pre recording is thinking of like, how yeah. can I postpone this or 
Yeah. How can I reschedule or can I reschedule? Absolutely. Can I postpone it? If there's one nice thing about the quarantine, the pandemic, the novel coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. It's that you have a get out of jail free card for everything. You can say no to literally anything. All you have to do is be like, I don't know if I can come. (coughs) And you are free. I'm going home now. I pulled that card, uh, not quite the theater of of coughing, but I mean, sometimes it's just like, my brain is is overwhelmed yeah. and I can't, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get the full me anyway. I love that. I love that. Like, I'm so tired today. I feel like you wouldn't even be seeing me if you saw me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is an incredibly legitimate excuse. When you're in your 30s, that is absolutely an excuse. Being in your 30s is like being mildly ill because you're a little bit tired all the time and you can always call out of things like, sorry, I'm in my 30s. I like... If you saw me today, you wouldn't even be seeing the full me. So I should really bow out. (laughs) Have you developed any like quarantine hobbies? I've been cooking really elaborate meals. I got myself a Ninja blender and I make myself 100% pure fruit smoothies in the morning. And I've been learning how to. um, My friend, Chef Carla Lolly Music. Love her. She has been doing IG live cooking sessions with me. And I've been learning to make like chicken cordon bleu and uh, zoodles and all this stuff. I was in the middle of dinner the other day and I realized that knowing how to make uh, tortellini from a bag is not necessarily chef worthy, <laughs> but it's an improvement for me. And we're grading on it like most improved this year. That's what we're doing. As in like boiling tortellini? As in boiling tortellini. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> and we didn't even we didn't even fully successfully make that hurdle. <laughs> they floated up to the top and so they were raw on the top and cooked on the bottom. And shablam. She loves a raw top. You yeah. Know? Who doesn't love an al dente top? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I feel like having seen your um Bon Appetit videos with Carla, like you you at least seem like you're confident with a, with a, a kitchen tool. Like you know your way around. That's right. I mean, if there's anyone that has needless confidence, it is me. <laughs> like I believe I'm a woman right now and I believe I'm a chef when I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm always like I got this. And I think something about it is like being in drag gives me the confidence. Right. I played tennis with my sister for an entire summer every day in the morning for like 3 months when we were in high school and uh-huh. we never got to the point where she could hit it and then I could hit it back and then she could hit it again. But the first time I did drag and did tennis at the same time I was Serena Williams. And I think it's because I was in drag. I just had the confidence. That's it. That's the secret to life. I also read that you have been making little houses out of popsicle sticks. (laughs) Tiny houses. Imagine how perfect a little popsicle stick house can be if you cut every angle exactly perfectly and model paste it together. We're not talking about something slapped together here. We're not talking about school crafts. <laughs> We're talking about like very tay, okay? Right. And then like populating them with these tiny little figures that I ordered online. Uh-huh. And I got I've like gotten to the entire modeling community and it's really insane. People will make lifelike rivers and train stations and not just the the setups that you see in like model trains, but like just freestanding riverbeds 
complete with otters and everything. And if you put a camera down there, it looks like the real thing. I don't know. I think it's like the complete opposite of drag. And that's why it gives me everything. Because, you know, drag is about making everything bigger. Uh huh. And this is about just diminishing the world down to a little dot. Love that. Uh, I also wanted to ask about your new podcast. My podcast is called She's a Woman. And I do interviews with incredible women. That is it. The whole idea behind it is to charge up the allegiance and the alliance between queer men and the queer community and um, and women of all kinds, because women have done so much for the LGBTQIA plus community marching beside us. It's time for us to give back. And I, I target that specifically at cis gay men. You know, who took you to prom? A woman. Who listened to you come out? Probably a woman, you know? Uh-huh. And like, who's there to listen to you talk about your long-term relationship, which BTW has only been two weeks so far? A woman, <laughs> you know? And so you have to give back, especially as a drag queen for me, mm-hmm. knowing that like 90% of the audience for drag is women and drag is su- uh, supposedly inspired by women. It just seems ridiculous not to be interested in feminism and women's rights. Right, right. I mean, you can slip into misogyny very easily in the gay community. The gay community does. I'm sure I've done. Listen, I hate on women yeah. almost all the time. I've only turned it off for this interview. <laughs> but no, I... Just I do, now. I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've been guilty of it. It's all of that internalized stuff. Because of the way that the world is set up, even women have been trained to hate on women. So you shouldn't be surprised if you hate on women sometimes. You should only be surprised if you're not working to fix it. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been perfect either. Part of this podcast is a learning process, and I get to make fun of myself as much as I get to make fun of other people, too. Right, right. To uh, wrap up, we have some tweets where you've expressed your... um displeasure with things this section we call elaborate yeah i don't know if you've used the word hate on twitter a whole lot so congrats to you for that (laughs) but i'll have you elaborate on some of the some of your dis dislikes this one was really about your other friends learning uh thriving in quarantine learning new languages learning how to cook and you are just um the gif of nicole kidman staring through offense and the others yes oh it is absolutely 100 me i fucking hate the quarantine and uh, by the way they're remaking the others it's slated to come out in a couple of years but they're remaking okay. it like as if you could <laughs> yeah. um anyway but yeah i feel exactly like that just like i am in solitary confinement and i'm not even solitary yeah you know? it's just it's a torture i do feel a disdain for anybody who has managed to be even a little bit productive so that is where my... Yeah. One of my friends built a greenhouse. One of my friends learned Italian. <laughs> I just... I don't understand how anybody's brain can do that. My brain will take stuff in. It's just like... It's mesh right now. It's going to fall through. Another tweet. My life would be completely different if iMessage had an unsend button. And I, I feel like there's, there's a story behind that. There was a, a straw that broke... Why is there not an unsend button on iMessage? Because, like, one time I was in line for the Upright Citizens Brigade in Chelsea with my friend Kelsey, and she was being a bitch. (laughs) In my mind, I texted one of our friends, Kelsey's being a bitch. But because Kelsey was on my mind, Uh I texted Kelsey, Kelsey's being a bitch. 
I think you should be able to unsend it if it's not read yet. Right, right. Like Instagram. Like Instagram. Like almost everything else. There should be an unsend on iMessage, if, especially if y'all is both blue. I get it if you can't unsend to a, a Samsung Galaxy. I mean, they can't do a lot. Right, right. But between us iPhone users... Come on. Exactly. They have the technology. Someone is in a room somewhere reading it all anyway. They can hit delete. Oh, absolutely. I do not like how Instagram snitches on you, though, when you delete something and then it says like this message was unsent. A message was deleted. Because yeah. yeah. that message is worse than anything anybody could say to me. That Getting the un- this message was unsent message is worse. Because my mind will invent it. I do it on WhatsApp all the time. Oh, WhatsApp has the unsend? Yeah, you can delete delete for everyone. Did not know that. So mm-hmm. they don't get a notification? Oh, it's like... Deleted message, deleted message, deleted message. They'll get the little buzz and everything. And then they'll be like, what did you say? They're like, oh, I was a typo. It's never good. I never want to see that message. I'd rather just hear the shit that you were talking. I had an experience like that where I got a photo of myself sent to me and uh, the message with it was unsent. And I was like, oh no, what? Okay. Last one to all my friends, partners. I don't hate you. Why well, hate someone who's going to disappear in the next few weeks? I did this uh Venn di- or like this uh, diagram once. <laughs> it's like my life, me, my friends and my friends, partners. And I'm just like, I fill up the whole my whole world and I'm like tangentially aware of what's going on with my friends. Like the law of diminishing returns, like how could I possibly be aware in any way of their partners? I'm really proud because I've, I've known Caitlin for five years. I know, I know her cousin's name and I'm always like, Hannah, Hannah, Caitlin, I know your cousin's name. Cause to me, it's like the biggest deal that I know something about one of my friends Instead of just thinking of them as a receptacle for my stories. I sometimes do not know those things. And I'm I'm just like, it does feel like I'm very treating everybody kind of as like a supporting character to my. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, that Italian family that was around for like five seconds in uh, Golden Girls. No, (laughs) you blink and you miss it. They inserted this this fa- this weird side family, and you're like, "What is this? What is going? Why are we not in the Golden Girls' house right now?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is happening? Who are these characters? Why are we trying this? And that's how I feel when uh, people are telling me about their partners. I'm like, "Oh Jesus!" It's like I I so aggressively don't want to hear about other people's lives that I'm shy about sharing about myself because I'm like, after I finish this story, they're gonna want to say something to me about right. their life. So I better not share because I don't want to encourage them to tell me something that's not about me at all. So I just try to keep my answers simple and the conversation quiet so nobody has to hear about anybody. Exactly. And we can go home. Yeah, yeah. I also think what like one of the steps for me in terms of uh, a friend dating someone new is like at what point do I have to like give in and follow that person oh, on Instagram? Yeah. Cause then I'm like, I don't want to be like stuck with this person that I'm following who I don't even really know. Anyway, I, I like to not do that, but, but it has, it has come up in the past. Right. I recently uh, met one of my friend's partners and liked them uh-huh. a lot. And it shocked me. 
they're definitely a better person than my friend. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, that makes me wonder, like, do I follow them on social right. media now? And like, unfollow my friend just to make things clear? Like, oh, no, 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 we're still friends. I just don't like you as much as right, I like right. your new partner. So just can you make sure that it's clear who's keeping me in the divorce? <laughs> Did you think? You're just gonna, this is a rare occasion where you really have to hope that it works out for them. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, where can people find you and your work? Uh, you can find me hanging around rich people hoping for handouts. No, you can find me on Instagram at M-I-Z underscore cracker, just like the snack. Um, that's the center, the nexus for all things about me. But please, please go to She's a Woman Tour all one word, she's a woman tour.com and get tickets to my next tour coming up in 2021. We don't even know when it's going to be. So why not just commit? Right. You know what I mean? It's going to be a nice surprise for you. One day you're going to get an announcement that your ticket is for a date and then you're going to have a present that you gave yourself. Do you know what I mean? Please just help me spite other people by selling out this tour. You know what I mean? That's all I'm asking. Fueled by Vengeance is my favorite. Fueled favorite by fuel. Vengeance. Yes. <laughs> Comparison is the fuel of joy. You exactly. Know? So we got a podcast and of course the, the singles are out uh, and available and they can yeah. follow you and they can buy tickets and all of those great things. Miss Cracker, thank you so much. This has been one of my most interesting and fun interviews. I'm glad. I've done. And it was with a gentleman too. Usually, I prefer a lady, a lady host. But uh, you did a great job. You are a true lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm wearing a dress, and now, and, and now I have the confidence. Dress. And now you're weirdly confident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first. Our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the fat shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make the world a little bit better. So this week, we wanted to highlight an initiative called Trans Santa. It was started by India Moore. Basically, as you know, a lot of children write letters to Santa Claus asking for gifts, and some of these children are trans and also as we know the trans community is the least supported often in the lgbt community they are the most discriminated against statistically so india has started to gather a lot of these letters from trans children and is trying to fulfill their requests uh for gifts so you can join in on the action and help uh send gifts to these trans kids uh yes christmas as of this recording is only a few days away i'm sure they're gonna still be sending stuff even after because guess what even if you are able to send something by christmas even though you should try you could still send stuff after everybody likes getting gifts no matter when right? So we'll include how you can get in on the gift giving action in the show notes and uh, help support Trans Santa or send gifts yourself. It's a really great little initiative that India started and we're happy to give it a little shout out here. All right, let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? Well, one of our favorite guests, not to play favorites, but one of our favorite guest complainers, Joe Firestone, has a new Adult Swim show. I think it's only like a four night special, uh -huh. but it's called Rate 
the cookie. Oh my god! So it's Joe Firestone and cookies and friendship all in one, which is a Venn diagram of my only interests. <laughs> so it's a game show where Joe Firestone sets up a cookie tasting in a parking lot to try to make friends. Contestants must ultimately decide between a friendship and $50 in cash. <laughs> it's only 12 minutes. Each episode is 12 minutes long and it's super delightful. It's on YouTube. We can link to it in the show notes because I want everyone to watch it just because it's, I mean, if you like Joe Firestone, you're going to love it. It's just a delightful little show. So that's the only thing I've watched this week. <laughs> what okay. about you? What have you been watching? Well, I'm immediately going to watch that. I had no <laughs> idea that was a thing. And now I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty beautiful. I this week finally watched Emily in Paris. Wow. You <laughs> did it. as Netflix uh, clarified, Emily in Paris. <laughs> it's supposed to rhyme. Yep. Yeah, once you get past the initial hump of it being terrible, it's actually enjoyable. (laughs) Did you ever watch it? No. (laughs) Maybe one day when I'm really depressed, I will, but I'm I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, for me, at least when you get to the hot guy, it's like, okay, now I'm invested because I have someone Mm. who I care about whether they live or die. When it was just Emily, I was like, okay, she can eat shit. But (laughs) um i also yeah i i think i've said this in the past few weeks but like there is while i'm at home the added burden of having to like pick something that we're all going to like i don't understand how there are so many tvs in the house at least at my parents house and yet we all like have to watch something together no we all yeah we have to i mean it's like after dinner we'll sit down and like put something on and and there have been some hits and some misses I tried putting on Fleabag, did not go over oh, very well. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also also like, I know that my I also know that my dad listens to every episode. He's going to be like, "Barry, you don't have to watch the things <laughs> with us." And I should say, Dad, I always want to watch TV with you, so don't worry. I'm just saying that to say it. Don't take it personally. <laughs> it's but also, hard. I did not watch as much of my own TV shows that I normally would, and that's okay. Right. So we watched Emily and Perry, and then <laughs> there was a show on Amazon called the wilds that was like fine okay it's basically like feminist boring (laughs) no what is that one with all all the boys who get stranded on the island you're talking about the book right yeah lord of the flies Flies. there we go yeah it's basically feminist lord of the flies (laughs) but also like lost i don't know it's like strange I've never seen Lost and I was like, you know what? This is going to be the next big show that we watch because I we don't have a show right now. You can't get it on any streaming services. You have to buy it. Really? Yeah. I would have guessed it'd be on Hulu because that's where all of ABC stuff is. Mm-mm. But I don't know. Anyway, what is your uh, non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is something that I haven't actually done yet. But even the idea of doing it brings me so much joy, which is that... The blizzard is basically over now, but there was a snowstorm, a nor'easter in New York, and it was so wonderful and beautiful, and I love it. It's my favorite day of the year in New York City when there's a blizzard. It's every year. It's like my favorite memory of the year. I'm sad I I wasn't there when it was actually a blizzard. My experience is always like the it's the build up to the blizzard. Right. And then it never happens. And it's disappointment. 
Yeah. Well, this one didn't last as long as I thought it was going to. Like it was sunny today. And I was like, no, all the snow's going to melt. But this morning, last night and this morning were amazing. Like everything's quiet. There are no cars on the street, all of that. And so my idea was I was going to bake brownies and make hot toddies, but I didn't last night. And so, but like that idea of that combination, not that original of a combination, but it's just one that I'm really stuck on is bringing me so much joy. And I am going to do that either tonight or over the weekend. So I'm very very much looking forward to that and even just that idea is bringing me a lot of joy this week so what about you what's your chaser mine my chaser is also baking projects i know get over it i'm talking about baking again but i'm a big advocate for i know i think last week i mentioned cookies which are short and simple and quick Mm -hmm. but now i'm a big fan of baking projects that take like forever (laughs) because i made babka this week from scratch i was honored and it looked beautiful i was very worried i've i the recipe made two loaves and i really fucked one of them up before i realized <laughs> what it was telling me to actually do and then i fixed it it was it was great it did take me 12 full hours to make <laughs> not an exaggeration uh and i'm going to attempt croissants um Ooh. inspired in part by emily and Pally. But uh, yeah, croissants are like a multiple day project. But I just like the uh, like, I don't know. I like the the fact that something takes like a long time and it's like therapeutic. But also, this is our last episode of the year. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to say that everybody who stuck with us in 2020 in this horrible, shitty year where uh, everyone's habits have been like utterly turned on their heads and maybe you're not listening on the train or in your car in the morning or uh, all the places that you were used to listening before we got fucked, um, but have still stuck with us and are listening to us the same way. And if anything, I feel like listeners have been reaching out more, more engaging, we're like DMing more. And I love it so much. It really like every time that someone says that this show makes them laugh and like bring some sense of normalcy to their year. Like there's oh, I have butterflies just saying that there's no better feeling. And it's why we do it. So, yeah. And I'm sorry excited. to get sentimental. I know. But I love y'all. Uh, same, same, same. And I'm excited. I mean, we've said all of the stuff that we're going to try to do. Merch is try. happening. We're already doing it. We already have. We posted a video. I got a ring light so that I don't look as shitty. <laughs> <laughs> as shitty. You looked great. Um, well, now you can see how good I look. Beautiful. And merch Guys, just to keep you fully abreast, we had a meeting. We have design ideas. It's going to happen. We said Q1. Did I know what Qs were like two years ago? No. I measured time in semesters, but now I guess I do it in Qs. Yeah. We had to learn what quarters meant and then now we could finally do merch. Yeah. We had to learn business terms first and now we can (laughs) finally do merch. So anyway, here's to 2021. Thank you for sticking with us in 2020. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Don't be an idiot and go to Times Square on New Year's Eve. And that's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. So thanks for listening. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button there. Rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellaside. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. 
Our music is by Han Sail Su. You can bother Barry at Binko Barry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next year. Uh, bye-bye. Acquaintance be forgot and never from Should acquaintance be forgot? Oh, 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 oh